You're listening to The Show on the Road, a new podcast where I interview songwriters, band leaders, and musicians from around the world. My name is Zach Lubiton. Hey, this is Zach's dad, Jeff, and I'm here to tell you that The Show on the Road is brought to you by Nomad, the tech accessory company that makes the most fashionable and rugged phone cases, charging cords, and battery packs today with handcrafted leather and Kevlar materials that are built to last. My favorite item is their base station battery hub, which can wirelessly charge two phones simultaneously. Its ambient light sensor even dims its LEDs at night so you can sleep peacefully. Yes, sir, the folks at Nomad really do think of everything. Go to hellonomad.com BGS and put in BGS in the discount code for 15% off until the end of January. This is Zach's dad, over and out. Thanks, Dad. Nailed it. This week on the show, my conversation with the young folk blues guitarist and singer-songwriter, Sonny Moore. I'll freely admit, many of the folks I've been lucky enough to talk to around this mic, I've known personally for years, playing festivals and theaters and saloons with them, hanging out in hotels, shooting the shit. But every now and again, a new artist can burst onto your consciousness and make you want to look around you a little harder. Turns out that while Sunny War was playing her poetic brand of punky blues right there on the rowdy boardwalk in Venice Beach, I was living just up the block and walking past her every day without noticing. Well, shame on me, but I'm so glad to introduce you to her now. She took the train down and we had a really cool talk, but let me tell you this, our conversation wasn't an easy one. She's had a uniquely nomadic and often traumatic past to draw from, but what really impresses me is how she cuts through the bullshit with her sense of humor and describes the world around her and all of its ugly nooks and crannies and makes it beautiful. She hasn't toured much yet, but that's about to change because after many years of doing it all on her own, people are starting to take notice. And why not? I want you to imagine her voice as something between Chrissy Hine from The Pretenders and Mississippi John Hurdum, finger-picked blues guitar. You know what? Enough of me describing it. Here she is now, Sunny War. It's always fun when I can do a podcast about someone who I didn't know existed 48 hours ago. All right. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like sometimes your favorite music just appears to you like magic in your brain. And you're like, where has this been? Where's this been my whole life? Oh, okay. What's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's some good shit you've been listening to recently? I really like, I don't know how to pronounce her name. I think. Nilufer Yanya, I think, and mm. she's from London, mm. but she's Turkish. It just kind of, it kind of reminds me of like the Pixies or something, mm. and like it's just really good. It's just stuck in my head all the time. Do you like going back and forth between sort of the punk worlds and the folk and blues worlds, or is it all kind of one world at this point? Well, like just you mean to listen to or musically playing? Yeah, I don't think I ever really did play punk. I only, like, I guess I maybe played folk punk <laughs> at one point, but I, I listen to it. This morning I was listening to Drop Dead. It's like, just depends on the mood, I guess. I listen to folk and punk, but also hip hop and also... Like, what does punk mean at this point? It's sort of a, almost a loaded word. I mean, for me, because I only really like mostly like 80s hardcore and then just like 70 like just original punk music so it's like there's not a lot of 90s and 
past that bands that I like. If I like a punk band from after the eighties, it's just because they're they're trying to sound like they're from the seventies or from yeah. the eighties. Yeah. I think just even the record like the recordings are just better. So even if it's not even better, it just sounds better. I think because it's like yeah, they gotta use go back to analog. I don't know. Everything digital sounds weird. Do you record some of your stuff in analog? We record digital and then run it through this like tape machine, and then it goes back into the computer mm. so that we can still edit it. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's like, but we after that, like usually try to drop it to tape. Mm-hmm. So it's like mixed, I guess. And you, uh, you kind of moved around a lot as a kid, right? Yeah. <laughs> like I saw Michigan and Tennessee and Colorado and all that stuff. I mean, uh, does that sort of nomadic start filter into your music? I think it. It's probably I a lot don't of crazy stories. Go, I don't think it goes into my music, but I think it's probably why I got into playing more. Mm. Which is because I never really had like friends and stuff. Because it was like I was always like a new kid all the time. Yeah, if you're like a fish out of water, it's kind of like your friend is the guitar or something, you know? Yeah. When did you start playing guitar? I started playing when I was seven, but I think I got more into playing, like, when I was in middle school, because I think that's when, that's when I was getting into more music, I guess, like, more guitar-based music. Do you remember the first record that you bought on your own? I remember buying... Um, the Distillers album. I don't know if it's called City of Angels or something. I know it's green, but I remember <laughs> I I really liked. I bought that, and then I also had somebody burn me a Bad Brains, uh, Rock for Light album. Mm-hmm. But I was really into. I was also really into ACDC, like obsessed with ACDC. Why you think? It's, I mean, even now, even now it's like, it still sounds great to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know. I don't, well, just but unabashed. it's not like, I feel like I should be like, this band's kind of stupid. But what I, but I still listen to ACDC once a week. <laughs> like, so I don't, I don't know. What's your go-to ACDC song? I just like, I just listen to like Back, to, Back in Black and like. Just like all the corny fucking hit songs that they have. Did you want to be a guitar shredder when you were a kid? Yeah. Oh, I, I thought I was going to be like Slash or something like that. I mean, did you, did you look up to someone in particular who was like a model? I wanted to be like a combination of Slash and Angus Young. Mm. Which <laughs> basically just wanted to wear like a hat and like maybe have... Did you rock a hat when you were, when you were young? No, my hair was too big. <laughs> I My hair... I used to have a really big afro. That was another thing. Like, I always had to sit in the back of the class because my nobody, they couldn't see over my hair. For real? Yeah. Did they make good. you sit back there? Well, people couldn't see over my hair. It's just a courtesy thing? Yeah, it's like they, need, they needed to see the board, so... I understood. I was like... Then I found out I needed glasses. How did you end up in California? My stepdad, we moved here because he, he was acting and doing comedy. So I guess we just moved here for him. And 
then they got a divorce. So it was just like, I guess we just lived here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Some of your tunes remind me of uh, Rodriguez. You ever listen oh, to him? Oh, yeah, Rodriguez. Um, you know, these sort of <laughs> protest songs, but from this very serene, hovering above the scene perspective, you know, where I think sometimes the most powerful comment on society is is not yelling in someone's face, you know. Yeah. It's just like, there's that song, you have violence, violence, violence. And you're kind of re- repeating that. Well, that, I mean, it's that powerful. song is not really, that song is more like about just admitting that I have a violent thing, I guess. What it's it? really about, it's about, basically it's like, I just wanted this dude to get out of my face because I was going to like, I just felt like hitting him and stuff. Did you? So... <laughs> no, I have before though. I was like twenty two. We were like both twenty two, and like drunks, like just drunk all the time. And like he was the type of, like he would get mad and like break furniture. Mm. And then it would be like I would just push him and be like, "I bought that coffee table. You broke my coffee table." And it's like we. It was just a really dysfunctional, bad. But I mean, it was probably mostly how much we were drinking i don't think i think we were kind of okay sometimes (laughs) but the song is just about being me being violent really (laughs) the newest song you have uh the age of man age of a man Mm -hmm. um i really dig um and going off that conversation i'm curious about how there's this line you know just he's just a boy in the age of a man you know it's like these these young kids that are growing up and becoming dudes, you know, and in theory, we're trying to be better people. And this whole, the me too movement is, I think encouraging guys, especially to like open their damn eyes for once, you know, about their bad behavior. What would you tell young men today to make them better men when they grow up? Um, don't have any kids unless like what Michael Jackson said, don't if you can't feed the baby, then don't have the baby, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Don't bullshit people just to try to sleep with them. Mm. Like, that's just wasting people's time. What do you know? mean bullshit? Like, just, like, dudes, like... Okay, like, I feel like especially now, like, there's a lot of dudes that they try to pretend that they want to be in a relationship or say whatever just to, like, sleep with somebody, and it's like... It's totally okay to just want to hook up with people. You don't have to pretend. It's not like the 50s. Like, you mm. don't have to pretend you want to marry somebody. Mm. Like, it just seems like... The, I don't know if that's just, like, my age group, but it just seems like a lot of guys are just, like... They just pretend. They're just so full of shit. Or, like, they pretend they have jobs. Just <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of stuff. Just, like, just be real about it. That Everybody in Venice I know that's homeless has a boyfriend or a girlfriend. It's, like... It doesn't even matter. You could just be yourself, and there's somebody for you anyway. Mm. So, <laughs> is that community uh, a good support system for you? Yeah, cause I mean, really, cause I was, I even when I I was sleeping on the beach when I was a teenager, and then later it's like I would have jobs. I would like live somewhere with a bunch of roommates and have jobs, but I w- I've always been 
busking like on the boardwalk for years just so like either that was my only income or I was just trying to or I had a part-time job and I still didn't couldn't make rent so it's like I've just been going to Venice like I just know most of the people either even like they could be vendors who sell their artwork or they could just be people who live in a van like old deadheads or just people that just come in train hoppers and stuff like I know a lot of people in Venice I guess and I just got to know them just by playing busking on the boardwalk and just being there all the time did you have a spot that you used to busk yeah in, in front of the fig tree cafe hmm. that's the best spot kind of reminds me of that story of um, Nina Simone was talking about when she had to work at like Coney Island and she would play these like seven hour shifts at these bars and she would just play every song she'd ever heard you know and then just start making up verses (laughs) and then start making her own version of the songs that were on the radio because it was the only way she was going to pay rent and she was like I don't know any more songs but I'm just going to make my own songs you know well I think she could play them over and over (laughs) over seven hours (laughs) that's cool that's like back in that's like back in the day though when they used to have like piano it was like piano bar yeah. or whatever. It seems like that would be so cool if they just had that at all kinds of restaurants and stuff like that. I know a lot of people that would love to have a job where they could just play piano all day. Mm. <laughs> like, you know, or whatever. What's the name of the guy in, in Venice with the long hair who's always playing the piano? I can't remember his name. He's been down there what for is a his long name? time. How does he get the piano down there? He's wild. It has wheels. It has like a little... Where does it come from? You know, they have those like tinted shops or whatever. Mm. I think one of those lets him keep it in there. Hmm. And he has to take it out every morning. He takes it out every morning. He's crazy. He's crazy. I wish he would like slow down sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. When you were down there on the beach, (laughs) did you feel safe enough? I mean... mm, I mean... No, I didn't really feel safe. I mean, stuff happened, you know. People pulled knives on me and stuff. And another time, all my shit got stolen there before. And it wasn't even, like, stuff. It was just, like, a sleeping... It was, like, stuff that I was just... It was, like, a backpack and a sleeping bag. And it was, like, I remember that because that... That was like one day I just didn't have any of my stuff and it was like cold. So that was not cool. What did you do? Basically just froze, not froze, but I was like, just kind of like, I went to the canals and I was just sitting there all night until the Because it's like I couldn't try to find something until the next day. Oh. So it just like was a shitty night. But there were worse things than that. I mean, you know, I don't know. I got arrested out there. Basically for being drunk or whatever. But I've had cops just be... Like, when I think back to how cops were, like, treating me at that time, I'm kind of like... Like, I was, like, 15. Like, mm. it's just kind of, like, weird, like, when I think about it now. Like, at while it was happening, I just thought, like, oh, this is... I deserve this or something. But now I'm just like, how, like, if I found, like, a drunk teenager, I wouldn't be, like, twist. I wouldn't, like, break their fucking mm. wrist or some shit, you know? It's just and you're like, not, you're not a large lady. Yeah, it's just know? ridiculous. It's just, maybe they thought that that was helpful or, like, that 
that you could just scare somebody straight or whatever. Right. But it's like, obviously, I, I have a, an addiction. Because it was never that I was, like, being violent mm. or anything. It was just, like, I was just a drunk minor. Right. So it's kind of like, it's not a good approach to just be, like, mean. It's just sort of like, I would probably be like, you have a drinking problem. Like, no, I wouldn't say that at all. <laughs> Well, I'm yeah, trying like, to come from a thing of like, why are you doing well, this? Yeah, but like, how do you help a kid like you? Like, like yeah. what, what would have been the best thing to do for someone like you? I w- now, okay, like sometimes kids ask me to buy them booze or whatever. And I'm like, man, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> but like, I remember being like asked, yeah. waiting outside of the store. But I, t- I would say like, hey, you should just smoke weed till you're 21. And then start drinking. <laughs> That's what I would say. Because it's like, they would probably just go home and like take a nap. You yeah. Know? So your first record, Worthless, came out in 2014. How did that come about? Well, well, first before Worthless, I made Sheep. That was my first time recording solo. And that was from um, Jerry Fialka, who's like this guy in Venice who he does a lot of stuff around Venice but he goes on he rides his bike on the boardwalk like every day so that's how I met Jerry and I would always be playing for change or whatever and he would just like he was like would you ever want to record some songs and then and I was like yeah so then we ended up going to I want it's some college the one that's in Inglewood that school I think we went there and that was when I made Sheep and then we made a video and put it on YouTube where basically I played all the songs from Sheep. Mm. And then it was like we were trying to sell the CD on YouTube. Mm. And then I would, um, there used to be this place called Spontos on the boardwalk. Mm-hmm. So that was like my first time kind of playing gigs. So it was like I would just do that. And then later I met Mark... He's the guy who recorded Worthless. I met him the same way I was playing on the boardwalk. And that was when later I had newer songs that I wanted. I did want to record. He had a studio in downtown. So that we had just recorded live. Your guitar playing, it kind of reminds me of uh, like Mississippi John Hurt and some of the finger-picking you know, blues styles, but in this rock and roll there's a little rock and roll beat in there for me, and and I really, I really dig some of the early stuff too. Um, the newest song, "Age of Man," has kind of this anti-hero vibe going on, you know. And <laughs> can you read the first verse for me? Is me- mess with me and get stripped of your manhood. I ain't the girl next door. I'm no good. I could bring you to life like your mama, but you'll refuse my advice. Call it drama. And I'll leave you like your father, <laughs> like you left your son and daughter with the woman who learned firsthand. You're just a boy, avoid the age of a man. That's great. I mean, it definitely has this uh, darkness that you know you're addressing. Of, yeah. You know. Can you cuss on here? Absolutely. It's about fuck boys, you know. It's, that's what it's about. The song. Elaborate. It's like dudes, uh, like. They have secret kids or whatever. Yeah. And they don't and you don't find out till like three years into the relationship. <laughs> like 
Just like that's some fuckboy shit. Like that's just that's foul. Like maybe it's it's like really. Per- I guess it's too personal to me. Like, but is there anything but... too personal? That's the thing. It's. <laughs> I mean, I think like the songs that what would be universal and everyone would get. But sometimes yeah. the most personal stuff that maybe only applies to you is the thing that everyone gets because yeah. everyone has that own demons that they don't really want to talk about. And it's kind of like our responsibility as songwriters to actually talk about the shit. You know? Yeah. Well, it's also, that song is also just about guys that it seems like they, they want their girlfriends to be mothers to them. Hmm. And it's just like, it's weird. There's like weird shit going on in a lot of, it's like weird. It's like you you want to be my son. I don't know. It's like that's the vibe I get a lot. Well, I think there's <laughs> there's there's elements of uh, wanting to find someone to comfort you and to do things for you and to make everything better, you know. And that's yeah. kind of what your mom did when you were growing up. Yeah. You know, if you know, if your mom was a good mom, you know. But that's not like your girlfriend or your wife's, you know, your wife's responsibility, you know. Well, like the thing, okay, the thing that it's cool. I think that that's the point. Like to me, it is like, yeah, comfort each other and like take care of each other. But like sometimes I feel like it's like they put all their emotional shit. They it's like they try to make you responsible for their emotional well-being. Which I don't know if I if I really agree that that's like mm-hmm. fair. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm sad, I'm gonna tell you I'm sad maybe or talk about it, but I'm not gonna like expect you to fix my mm-hmm. depression. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think that's fair. Yeah, I think there is a thing with guys where there's a bit of a sizing each other up. What do they call? Y'all need to talk at the urinals. Urinals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that's only like just, 30 seconds. Just you know. open up. Get it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like safe space urinal talking. Yeah. Tell me about working with uh, Mika Nelson from Particle Kid on the uh, Particle War record. Well, at first, I'm trying, at first it was just going to be an EP. And I don't know what how it, I guess it's like we just kept adding songs. But Mike always kind of had input on different things like he's just really good with structure and stuff like mm-hmm. and I'm more like I guess just very simple like it's just really like it's really hard for me to have a chorus in a verse like mm-hmm. it's hard for me to want to change at all mm-hmm. if I'm playing so, like I play it's like I, I only do that because I feel like that's what you're supposed to do but even just having a bridge is like a really new thing to me mm. so <laughs> But Mike, I don't know. It's like we were jamming, and then we ended up. First, it was like we both did a cover. It was cool to work because I sang on some of his songs and like played bass on one, and then he would play drums. How do songs start for you? Some of them, the ones that are really wordy, they start just like as poems, I guess. Because you start with the words first. Sometimes. Or, but other times, like you can tell, I don't know if you could tell, but there, like, there's a lot of stuff where it's like, I just want to use this rip. Like, I just need to use it. <laughs> yeah, the song comes from out of that. So I just groove. try to write something to play with it because I just want to play it. 
but then other stuff is like I like I want to say a certain thing like the more simple songs are more like about the lyrics but like there's songs that I hate that I, I wrote and I just wanted to play the guitar riff and it was like I rushed the lyrics because mm. I was just like this is tight like yeah. that song to love you it's like I just liked it because it just reminded me of like old blue stuff but it was like I couldn't think of anything to save. Um, let's talk about uh, your mind and where our mind goes when we write. So I want you to think of a memory somewhere in your life, sometime in your life, when I say the following words. Hungry. I don't know. Any, okay. Like anywhere in your life. There's anything. been times when I wished I was hungry. <laughs> Okay. I okay. <laughs> I mean, I had a little. Uh, I did. I did some drugs, man, and I couldn't eat. Mm. And I was like, really, really skinny. And then there's been time I used to dumpster dive too. I used to be hungry for real too. Yeah, it's yeah. no joke. All right. When I say the word sunshine, I think of. Here, yes. <laughs> or Florida. One time I went there. Is the sun different in Florida? No, but they call it. Don't they call it the Sunshine? Yeah, Sunshine State. Yeah, I remember there's just a lot of old people, and I I thought it was gross because I had never seen like elderly people wear bathing suits before. <laughs> That's Speedos. Like, yeah, that's the main thing that I remember. Like, I went with this... That was when I was little. And my mom's friend took me and her daughter to go to Disney World or something. Mm-hmm. And I just remember us being at the beach. And I was like, oh, like, why are they wearing all that with all that shit hanging out? Yeah, my dad threatens every year when we go down to Mexico for Christmas. He's just like, I think I'm going to do the Speedo this year. And we're like, please... <laughs> Please, no. <laughs> All right, what do you think of when I say desire? I guess, um, I don't know. I really wanted a cheeseburger the other day. <laughs> really desired, desired the sweetest, sweetest I cheeseburger. Desired Where's your go-to best cheeseburger? I like the, the counter, mm-hmm. that place. If you could have one meal before you died... One last meal, what would it be? Thanksgiving. Mm. <laughs> or Christmas, you know, something like that. You know what I mean? Turkey and mashed potatoes. When they got and... all that shit and you just get a bunch of it. Mm-hmm. I miss that. I like that. What's uh, What's the music you're working on now? Now, I think I just, I'm done with the album, I think. The last song was recorded like three days ago, but it has... A new record. Yeah, it has 13 songs. And now I'm trying to figure out the sequence of the... It's weird to try to figure out how they should go, but... If you walked through the gates of rock and roll heaven, what would you see when you first walked in? It would be rock and roll heaven is where you you can only go if you die at 27. Uh, That's what the song's about. Mm. So it's like Robert Johnson. How's the chorus go? 
the chorus is it seems I've made it past 27 there goes my ticket to rock and roll heaven ain't got no money ain't got no car just got the blues and this old guitar mm. and then it's all about and then the verses are just about um, anxiety <laughs> and depression not depression but just like I always, I always ask this one dumb question uh, in the podcast. If you could create like a tour with you and like three artists in a bus, dead or alive, who would they be? I'm gonna have to choose people that are alive. Um. If, if you, <laughs> if you must. Um. Let me see. Cause I wanted to. Then it could people, actually happen. There's people I would, I would like to play with, like. Open for Alabama Shakes, mm. and that girl I was telling you, um, Nelly for Yanya, mm-hmm. and then probably my friend and Shannon Lee. Yeah, Brittany, mm. Brittany and uh, Alabama Shakes. I mean, that's that's a a type of thing that is. No, I ch- can the... I change the last one? Yeah, it's... Gillian Welch. I got to. Oh, all right. I don't want Shannon. Santa Monica's finest, Gillian. I Welch. mean, Shannon could be on it too, but <laughs> if I had to choose, sorry, that's it. Yeah. Do you feel like you have ever been able to really catch lightning in a bottle? And when you've been recording, is there a certain song that you really are proud of? Um. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I don't like I don't like my voice. There's things I just don't like. But isn't that funny though? Like but people I'm who, changing. I'm trying to work towards changing it. But people who are recording like. music and who are desperate to get their music into the world, right? Yeah. But also don't like the sound of their <laughs> own voice. I always think of that line. Uh, there's that line in a Wilco song. You know, every time I hear my voice, I start to shake. You know, it's like I don't I don't even mm. want to hear my own voice. But then it's like, why are you singing into the mic? Yeah. It's like this interesting push and pull. Well, you know? I don't, I, I like to write though. So it's like, to me, I think we're kind of like rapping, like mm. not rapping, but it's like, okay, if I'm going to listen, like a lot of people, I like, I might not like how a lot of people's voice sound, but if I like their words then I like it or, and then I do like ugly voices also. Mm. So in a way, I just kind of think of it that way like i kind of want to just have an ugly voice like i want to be like um tom waits voice Mm. or like i think louis armstrong's voice is kind of ugly it's beautiful but it's ugly too Mm, well has a grit to it so i just now i i'm trying not i can't it's like i feel like i'm always i try to sound i try to sound like oh i want to sing beautiful or whatever Mm. But then it's like I can't do the things that I want to be able to do. Like, I want to be able to sing, like, um, I don't know, Beyonce. <laughs> no, I'm just yeah. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But well, it's like I can't sing how I want, so then I have to change songs to make it something I can sing. Because I, I smoke a lot of cigarettes, too. Mm. So I can't even breathe when I'm trying yeah. to. It's just like I feel stupid a lot. Your, your voice, actually, <laughs> on some of the newest recordings reminds me of Chrissy Hyde from uh, The Pretenders. Somebody told me that. Now, there's this element of sort of, because you're you're narrating some of the songs, right? And you're singing it, but you're sort of also narrating a story 
more than singing, which I think is awesome if it's if the lyrics can match, which they do, you know. But I want to be like. Um, well, we all want to be Beyonce. I mean, let's be real. Or like anybody that goes like. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> I wish I could do that. But or I want I would really love to have a singer to have. Maybe start a band and just have a singer. Mm -hmm. Do you get stage fright? Yeah. Well, see, the thing... Okay, I do, but also... I get, I have panic attacks just going to grocery stores. Like, I have, a, like, an anxiety problem. Is it problem. the crowds? So, <laughs> like, the worst thing I could <laughs> yeah. be doing is trying to play in front of people. I think writing and recording is really cool. Mm. But I, playing is, like... That's, I don't know. What do you do when you get a panic attack at uh, Whole Foods? Um, sometimes I just leave. <laughs> That's the easiest, like, easiest thing to do, probably. Or, I don't know what, I don't know what it is. Sometimes I get nervous for no, and it's not all the time. Like, I feel like I'm okay. It's just sometimes all of a sudden, I'm just, like, if I, I could be on the train and it's like, all of a sudden I just feel, I feel nervous to get up and get off on my stop sometimes. Like, I just get, I don't know. Like something's going to happen? No, I just, I just, uh, I feel like I'm going to fall, yeah. Like, I I think I'm going to fall, and everyone's going to laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, like, weird. And then it goes, and then it huh. can go away. Or huh. I can be normal. Mm. I think it also has, I've been eating edibles, too. Okay. And I think they've kind of been affecting my moods, like. Do you think that certain drugs help you get through things i don't know all i i don't do drugs anymore i just i mean i only eat weed now i don't mm. even smoke it anymore so now i just and that i thought i was doing to stop drinking as much mm. which now i don't really drink unless unless i'm at a club or a bar i try not to so it's weird because like I could eat one three hours ago and then it doesn't really do anything until a couple hours later, you know. And then all of a sudden I'm nervous, you know. <laughs> What's the worst regular job that you've ever had? Well, I was a janitor at the Crenshaw Mall. The Crenshaw Mall. And I thought that's what I wanted to do. Until I found out, because in my head I was like, oh, it'll be cool, I'm going to wear headphones and whistle and just like <laughs> mop and people are going to not talk to me. But I wasn't allowed to wear headphones. What? I had a little walkie-talkie where basically this lady would call me and be like, oh, some kids threw up in the playground, you got to come and get the, bring the sawdust. The kids puked in the playground again. And it was like she would call me, every time a kid puked, like anywhere in the mall, she would call me. And it was like, that wasn't even, I can't even get into that. Because, like, really, she was just being mean, because it's supposed to be, like, different, there's different floors, and, like, different janitors had, like, different sections of the mall. Oh, like, okay. I wasn't supposed to be called to the fucking playground to mm. clean up. She was just, like, kind of mean. And then, like, that job sucked, though. I thought, I wanted to be a janitor, because I thought nobody would talk to me. Mm. I thought it would just be, like, okay, every day I clean this floor and mm. I do this or whatever. Mm. But it was like, I had to restock the bathrooms and people were like, they were like yelling at me like it was just never fast enough. Mm. And I was like, fine, 
use it without toilet paper. You know, it's just like yeah. it's it's like I would have to close. You know, they close the doors sometimes of a mall so that the person can clean the bathroom and shit. Right. I would just have people yelling at me, like and it was like, like I need the bathroom. It's now. like there's twenty foot, there's twenty stall. Like I'm yeah. putting toilet paper in there. I'm doing shit. Like it's just like I was stressed out. And they and they're doing illegal stuff. Like they weren't paying me overtime. Like they were making it was crazy. It was just annoying. I ended up quitting. But Drink. I had to keep it because it was like I had to keep it for a while. At that time. Because I didn't know what else to do for a while. Is there any janitor songs that came out of it? I feel like Till I'm Dead isn't... It's not about being a janitor, but I wrote that around that time. How's the chorus go for that? The chorus is like, uh, I got no money. I got no friends. I got nowhere to go. <laughs> the fun never ends. I like to drink. I like to cry. Wait, I got like, <laughs> I like to. I don't want to live, and I don't want to die. Yeah. It was like how I felt all. It was every day was the same every single day. All right, we're gonna try something. Uh, you may not want to do this, but it's gonna be great. We're both gonna write a one-page short story from one line, and uh, the line that we're both gonna put and then write a little short story is. She was vindicated just by the sun rising that morning. You never know what's going to emerge on the page. All right. All right, you want to go first? You want me to go first? You go first. Okay. The line is, She was vindicated just by the sun rising that morning. He had put her in chains two weeks ago, she thought, and locked her in his shed. It smelled like turpentine and sawdust. Is this really how I'm going to spend my holiday break? She thought to herself. He seemed like a sweet professorly type. Thick glasses, fluffy red beard. Harmless and kind of sexy at the same time. But after the first night at his beach house, her stomach started sending those familiar signals to her brain. Why were all his phones off the hook? Why did his hands look splotched? and smelled like bleach. Why did she start sweating when he walked in the next morning with pancakes? She loved pancakes. She would. She swore she would kill him as soon as she got out of that shed. Not sure how, but she would. And as soon as the darkness was uncloaked from her half-beaten, shut eyes, she would take his eyes straight out of his head. How long had she been here? She couldn't tell anymore. She wondered if her mom liked her fluffy bathrobe as a Christmas gift this year. She had asked for it. It was pretty fluffy when she tried it out herself. If the sun rose one more time and she heard his voice, she would get him. She definitely would get him this time. <laughs> Damn. All right. She, okay, vindicated. She was vindicated just by the sun rising that morning. She wasn't sure... It would, and if it did, she wasn't sure she'd be alive to see it. Her name was Eliza, and Eliza was hibernating all winter. Eliza was raised by bears in the woods. <laughs> you know that story, the jungle book? 
Well, this is way better because Eliza was raised by bears, not punk-ass wolves like Mowgli. <laughs> Fuck Mowgli. <laughs> anyway, Eliza was hibernating all winter and was very eager to catch some fresh salmon. She was starving. The other bears respected her but didn't really like her. She was the loneliest <laughs> girl in the world. She had never met another human being and certainly not one raised by bears. She was thinking about killing herself as she ate her raw fish. <laughs> All right. Nice. <laughs> See, I never would have gone there. You know, that's <laughs> that was quite a journey. Should we play a song? Okay. All right. What's the song called? Tomorrow, someone new. Tomorrow, someone new. Sunny War live in the closet in Santa Monica.
Dude, that old guitar sounds damn good. That sounds cool. Big thanks to Sunny War. She took the train all the way down to the west side to talk with me. She got in my car, and I think she didn't quite know what was about to happen, but I'm really glad it did. You can go to thebluegrasssituation.com for a brand new sitch session featuring Sunny War singing He Is My Cell. You can go to sunnyward.com for tour dates and more music. Her newest single is called Age of a Man. It's really, really funky. And uh, go see her at Zebulon here in L.A. February 6th if you're around. It's going to be really fun. The show on the road is hosted by me, Zach Lupiton, and produced by the handsome Hawaiian Chris Jacobs with support from the Bluegrass Situation team. The show on the road is a part of the BGS Podcast Network. This is Zach Lupiton. See you on the trail.